ushering in a new era in independent arts celebration. Indecent exposure. You were convicted of indecent exposure for the third time. That's exactly what it is there, Poindexter. It is four counts of indecent exposure. Well, hiya. And welcome to another episode of Indecent Exposure. In this case, number 29. Which is guaranteed to be every bit as indecent as episode number 28 and 27 before that and so on. I'm your host, the mongrel, known in an alternate universe as Jay Velasquez. How the hell are you? It's great having you here. I, I've got to tell you, this show, this particular show, this moment in time that we're sharing, you and I, is really a perfect example of, of why I get up every morning and do what I do. And and boy, do I love doing what I do. Um, turning you on to a bunch of great new music and, and uh, interviews with people you may have heard of, but uh, maybe not as in-depth as we go here on Indecent Exposure. Um, and today is just such a show, although normally I say, you know, tell people you heard it here first. Um, that may not be true this time around, because today our guest is from the <laughs> secular gospel duo Birds of Chicago. Uh, J.T. Nero will be speaking with us uh, he is half of the duo uh, that makes up the band, the other half being Allison Russell, uh, who is the the voice, the main voice of that, that act. And what a voice. Uh, we'll get to hear him talk about uh, their most recent release, which is Real Midnight, and we'll be playing some tunes from that. He'll talk about the tour that's just begun, and... Uh, and, and a little bit about what's planned for 2017. Uh, new album, hint, hint. Which we didn't get any tracks off of this time around because it's it's still in the, it's still being baked. It's not it's not finished baking yet. But um, we will, I'm sure, get uh, get a taste of that before before the rest of the world, and we'll share it with you. Um, but you know, I've got to say, lately, and especially today, I've been feeling a little feisty even a little rebellious. And I, I want to definitely get to this interview and the tunes, but um, I just played this song a little while ago and I played it like three times in a row. And that means that I, I need to share it. I haven't shared it with you yet. Um, this act is my go-to group when I'm feeling just downright dissident. And that group is Iron Age Mystics. Um, they are from Canada, which is interesting because JT and I talk a little bit about Canada and, and the great music scene that's going on up there also. Uh, but they're from Canada and they have all of the chops that you would expect a sophisticated and experienced band to have. But they also uh, have an unflinching way of putting their huevos right out there on the table uh, for all to see. And I, I love that about them. And I think you're going to love it too. And so we're going to hear right now to start this, this show off, um, get us in the mood. We're going to hear Pride Before the Fall, which is the title 
track off of their latest release, uh, the Iron Age Mystics, here on Indecent Exposure. <laughs> system now how about you you needed it just looking at you i could tell you needed that um pride before the fall iron age mystics um and you know we as always we take the 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 notes for you all you have to do is go to graylockglass.com 
click the link that says Indecent Exposure. It'll take you to the show notes for this episode in which you'll find links to all of the bands, uh, their homepages, their Facebook pages, their Bandcamp pages, whatever they've provided to me, I provide to you. And certainly um, places where you can pick up uh, copies of either CDs or downloads or sometimes even vinyl. You never know. Um, because you should. I mean, you should support these these bands. And when there are tour dates coming up, I list those as well. For example, Birds of Chicago playing Club Helsinki in Hudson, New York on February 12th, which is coming up in, well, real soon, just over a week. And I'm going to be there, and I hope you are too. And I've also done something that I don't maybe ever do. Um, In fact, even in the interview with JT Nero um, that's coming up, I think I say that I, I don't do reviews, right? Um, do you remember? Have I ever done it? I don't think so. Um, so I think what I did here is in this write-up that I did for this, this release, Pride Before the Fall, um, I think I basically made a liar out of myself retro retroactively. Does that make sense? Um, in any case, uh, there is, in fact, a, a, a write-up of this release, which, you know, you should check out because you... There, you've got to you got to hear more about this band, and uh, you want to go to the links because you want to hear more from that album, uh, which is on their page. So do, do check that out. But right now, we're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna start easing our way into that interview um, with JT Nero. Uh, I said earlier that uh, JT Nero and Allison Russell are the duo that makes up. Birds of Chicago, and that's kind of true, but they have a lot of other artists that uh, perform with them and 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 also travel with them doing other neat things that, that you'll hear about. Um, so I don't want to give the impression that it's just the two of them, though I guess sometimes sometimes it is just the two of them in performance. It all, it all depends. Um, let's, let's work our way toward that discussion by playing a tune off of Real Midnight, uh, which is just a staggeringly powerful tune, Barley by Birds of Chicago. The wind that shakes the barley will not shake me. The wind that shakes the barley will not shake me. The wind that shakes the barley won't shake me. As my grandma told me, this I saw, though, that I see. And the fire that takes a kindling, it will not take me. The fire that takes a kindling will not take me. The fire that takes a kindling won't, won't take me. As my grandma told me, this I saw though that I see. And the rain that floods the valley, it will not drown me. The rain that floods the valley will not drown me. The rain that floods the valley won't, won't drown me. As my grandma told me, 
in this asshole though that I see. And the hack that stoops the spell will not strike me. The hack that stoops the spell will not strike me. The hack that stoops the spell me as my grandma told me this I saw that I see and the dark before the dawn breaks it will not bind me the dark before the dawn breaks will not bind me the dark before the dawn breaks whoa, whoa bind me as my grandma told me I saw though that I see And the wind that shakes the body Will not shake me The wind that shakes the body It will not shake me The wind that shakes the body Whoa, whoa, shake me As my grandma told me Cause I saw though that I see as my grandma told me, this I saw though that I see. As my grandma told me, this I saw though that I see. JT, thanks so much for being on the show. It's my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Well, I got to tell you, um, I, I got to listen to this album, Real Midnight, that is right there at the at the top of my, my playlist. And it's one of those albums that uh, you think you've got a favorite song, right? And then you listen to it, and then you decide to move on to the next one after playing the first song like 20 times. And then you say, no, 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 I got a new favorite song. So um, why don't we start talking a little bit about about how this album came to be. This is your third album? Uh, it, it is. And, and our second studio album, uh, one of them was a live thing. So it was our second studio album. Well, actually, let's go back a little bit. You've been together for, what, about uh, what three years, four years, something like that? Yeah, I guess it's getting on four. I mean, we, uh, Allison and, uh, Allie and I had um, had separate bands. Her band was called Poe Girl, and, 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 and mine was called JT in the Clouds. And her band was based out of Vancouver, BC, and and mine was based out of Chicago, and, and and we were mutual fans and friends, and and had been making more and more excuses to to do things together and to to show up on each other's records and play shows together. But it wasn't until about 2012 that we realized that we had to carve out you know space and time uh, for for a project focusing on uh, on our thing together. So yeah, we we, we sort of realized that that needed to happen in 2012, and then. We got our act together to get a record out in 2013. Got it. Yeah, sometimes the signs are all pointing uh, more brightly and more flashingly uh, that you got to do this thing. And and I think we're all grateful that you did. You're from Chicago. She's from Montreal. Mm-hmm. She appreciates pronunciation as well. I try. I mean, I, I took I took six months of French. I, I think I've you know qualified as a as an expert there. Yeah. She so she grew up. She's a she's very much citizen of the world. I mean, she grew up in. Uh, in Montreal, she ran away from home when she was 15. When she was 18, she made her way out to the West Coast and to Vancouver. And that's when she her, her music career kind of started properly when she was uh, in Vancouver. Hmm. All right. So there's 
actually a hell of a music scene in Canada uh, right now. I had no idea until the the, the the until the CDs started showing up in my mailbox. Um, yeah, there's a ton of great music uh, all over Canada. Um, I would say that um, probably it's. Either it's either because the winters are longer and there's more time to like sit around and write music, or uh, I don't know what's going on. I, I think there's something to that. Uh, I mean, I think any, I think hard weather places in general tend to have uh, hard weather in port cities. You know, where you where you get different communities coming together. Yeah, that's where you get the good stuff. But yeah, you're right about Canada though. It's and in Chi- Chicago, of course, has a legendary history. Um, you know, Chicago blues is a style all its own. Uh, of urban blues, what, um, what, how would you say that has kind of, and of course jazz too, I shouldn't leave out that. Um, what has that done to inform your music? Well, I think that Chicago sort of informs our music on a, uh, on like sort of an obvious technical level of, you know, we draw deeply from music that are at the heart of Chicago, you know, blues, gospel, Soul, jazz, rock and roll. I mean, we are part of that that living tradition. Um, well, I guess the other side of that is, is kind of what I alluded to. I, Chicago's a port town. It's a hub town, and there's a constant mashup of cultures and energies and music. So it's always a bit of a um, a real time pressure cooker of, of of different of different things happening. Right. And and I think our music music reflects that to. Uh, to a fair degree. Well, I'm looking at um, your your lineup, and you've got it. Uh, this is on your Facebook page. Uh, you've got it separated out to those who, who often perform with you, and then those who sometimes perform with you. And it looks yeah. like a really eclectic mix of, of, as you said, cultures and styles. Yes, and Bridge of Chicago was sort of set up to be a collective. We, you know, it was it was based around Allie and me, but from the start, we always had a a kind of tribe of usual suspects who were very much involved in the creation of the music. You know, when we first started, we could only afford to have Allie and me out on the road constantly. So, you know, we would, it was by nature, a more acoustic thing. It was just the two of us. We just did what we uh, did what we do. But as, as we've gone on, we've been able to make it work to have, have the full band on the road with us more so we can kind of, put the flesh on the bones to the tunes and it, it gives us the luxury to have quiet stripped down moments and then, and then more dynamic grooving moments, you know, within the context of one show. That's, that's a really good way of putting it because there are some songs, uh, especially on this album, real midnight, uh, that are very delicate. Um, they're yeah. very nuanced and, and then there are some songs, um, that are real powerhouses. Um, and you want the whole thing behind there. I mean, I heard uh, in I guess it was was it Real Midnight where you break out the the, the Hammond the Hammond organ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, is that you're not carrying carting around an actual Hammond organ? Are you? <laughs> no, we're not there yet. Uh, that say. will definitely be a, uh, a landmark moment when that happens. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's nice to have them in the studio. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just um, it's one of those things where. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I don't do music reviews um, yet anyway. Um, I, I really like just talking to, to the, the musicians that I admire the hell out of. And this is one of those albums where you can be listening to a song, especially a song like, say, um, Barley, 
which I know mm-hmm. has been on a previ- previous album. And you're, I'm praying that it doesn't get overdone. You know, I'm praying that you right. don't try to make it bigger. And you don't. And it's perfect. And it's pure. And it's Yeah, simple. we never... We never, we don't, we don't bring the children's choir in for the last verse. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And and then you know there are you're listening to another tune, and it might be that uh, you're hoping you you think there's just one thing could there, there could just be one more thing, and then a thin strain of a violin comes in, and you're right, like, okay, right. that's right. what I was looking for. So uh, I'm glad I'm glad that 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 feels that way. That's that's. You know, that's that's the thing I think that you're always shooting for. You want, you know, the records I love and the bands I love are, are you know, records that, that breathe that way. And, you know, one thing that is really, really great about this particular tribe of musicians is that's not a conversation that we ever have to have. Everybody innately and intuitively knows when things have to be real nuanced and delicate. And they also know when it's time to, you know, to bring the fire a little bit. And, and, and they are equally uh, skilled at both. And that's a rare, a rare thing with musicians, I think. And so it's, it's something that we don't take for granted about this, this particular group of, of people. Um, I think in any band situation, when there's a good thing or maybe any relationship, you, at some point you realize the things that makes it work really well is those conversations you don't have to have, you know, like right. where you're jump, you're jumping three or four initial hurdles because you got that good mind hive, <laughs> the good thing going. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I'm aware of that I'm reminded of that all the time. And you don't have, you know, a Phil Spector in the background saying, you know, we could make this a little bigger. No, you know, that's interesting. I mean, um, the producer that we worked with on that Unreal Midnight, uh, I don't know how familiar you are or not with, with Joe Henry, but he's a brilliant man and his, he, you could call him the anti Phil Spector. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's about capturing conversations between musicians in like the rawest and most intimate form, like that, that kind of lightning in a bottle. Um, you know, he, he, I've heard him talk for, for hours about, that and it's very fascinating like he's not a believer um he'd be the first to say there's been a lot of great records that have been made where you know some mad genius was meticulously layering part after part and recording them separately but you know the thing that is most pleasing to him and as it turns out is most pleasing to us is you know um a studio record being the same reflection of what is joyful and uh and meaningful about um a live show you know you're 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 catching that that kind of soul communion between people um and catching those moments just with better better mics and no background noise (laughs) well i think when when the listener hears that i'll just call it that fifth instrument which is you know emotion i mean emotion when it's channeled through the the really masterful lyrics that you've got um it it fills out everything else. I mean, and it and it sort of blends everything else. Um, I I wanted to talk a little bit about the first track, which I I'm not gonna lie. It's so far it's my favorite track on the album, on on the on the on the release. Uh, Dim star of the palisade. Uh, I like that you say. Uh, what would you say? Um, it mixes deep regret about the past with a deep dread of the future. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> that's that's yeah, a great that's, that's a great quote. What tell me where does that come from? Uh, a dim star. Um, you know, it's funny. I um, that was one of those sort of stories that just kind of fell out, and 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 um, a lot of times there'll be a um, you know the the way I write tunes, I I try not to like sit down with a a thesis, you know, like this. I'm, I'm now I'm gonna write a song about nostalgia and regret. <laughs> you know, I, what I try to, what often happens with me is there'll be a, um, uh, there'll be a little bit, there'll be a fragment of a phrase or a, uh, a, 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 a little fragment of a melody that is attached to a couple of words that kind of loops the stuff in my head and, and won't let go. And, and, and I don't know why. And, and, uh, um, and then what it does, is it's like sort of like detective work, working backwards, like, all right, well, what are those mid, uh, uh, midnight then dawn, uh, line that I was just kind of repeating. Um, right. and then I had to kind of work backwards and like, you know, uh, um, you know, what does that represent? Well, it represents the crush of time, the, you know, the, or the rush of time. And, uh, and then it starts sort of like following that, that thread back of, uh, um, you know, kind of the, uh, the, the, the paralyzing nature sometimes of, of nostalgia and looking back to that one moment where you've told yourself it was all there. Uh, and you know, and how that, 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 that is, and we call that a poison rose sometimes. I mean, that's a, it's a, it's a, it's an enchanting memory, but it's also a, a, a paralyzing memory. Twilight, midnight, then dawn A billion stars, then there was one Twilight, midnight, then dawn A billion stars, then there was one We watched you fade Dim star of the palisades Drown out of the
Now, Allison manages to take those those lyrics and really make them her own. How, how does that relation? How does that? I mean, and it's not just that song. It's 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 all of them. How how does it? How does the relationship work between you and her that she manages to make it sound as if you're singing with one voice? Right, right. Well, I mean, I think a notable thing about the 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 start of this band period, and one of the things that I think there was a where there was a shift where I knew we had to make it a band as opposed to just continuing to collaborate was that I was I was noticing just as a writer when new songs would, would present themselves to me, they were they were presenting themselves to me as in Allison's voice, you know, right from the, right from the start, you know, I, I would, I would hear, uh, internalize her voice enough that I would just, I would hear her on it. it so it was less of a conscious thing. Like I got to sit down and, and figure out how to, to write songs for, you know, for Allie. It was more like these songs just kind of announced themselves and they were, and so it was kind of paying attention and, 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 and honoring just, that energy and the fact that things were happening that way. And um, as a writer, it, when you have a singer of Allie's caliber who can, can really, really put, you know, a nuanced fine point on a phrase when that is required and who can really belt it when that's what's required. I mean, that just kind of raises the bar for you. I mean, it's exciting. It's an exciting thing as a writer. It just, it just, you know, it raises the bar. You really want to, uh, no, no, no messing around, you know. Uh, so uh, she's she's not on the line right now, so we can we can definitely praise her as much as possible. Is she driving? <laughs> is she driving, or is she? In, in, in the, she's the actually uh, a couple seats back. She's sitting next to our our three year old, who is uh, I think maybe asleep. Oh, so that's where the baby whisper. Uh, you've got uh, one of your band members. Yeah, uh... yes. So our we have a, a lucky situation. Yeah, we have a lucky situation that Chris, our bass player, and, and Susie, our tour manager, are are married so they're like a, a second set of parents out out on the road nice well i i gotta say there's a certain perfect storm of of vocal qualities that allison has right now and and i'm sure that i wouldn't be the first person to notice it that she's still got an amazing amount of youthful edge mm-hmm. and yet she's also got um the maturity that she's picked up since since your first album um, you can you can actually hear a little bit. Not I'm not talking about personality wise. I'm talking about the the vocal maturity. No, I I, I 100% agree. I mean, and then uh, and then there's then she's got the power that comes from being, you know, in between, you know, the youthful artist and the the fully developed artist. You know what I mean? 100%. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think some of that was the on our very first studio album we sort of backed into it. We knew we wanted to do something together, but we hadn't even come up with the name of the band. And I sort of had a collection of songs floating around that I thought might work for us. And we did it before we had um, toured that project substantially. Um, you know, in those inter- interim years, we toured, you know, playing out 200 nights a year for three years. And, you know, so we really, really were all together able to like, find this this particular band's language and Allie was able to really sort of relax into her role as the, the primary voice for the band and you know I, I hear exactly what you were talking about and, and the difference between the two uh, I think some of it was was maturation I will also chalk up some of it to 
one of the really, I think, incredible things about working with Joe Henry and his, the way he, we were out in Pasadena and his place and he's good at a lot of things, but I think the main thing he's really, really good at is getting everybody to sort of forget that they're making an album. Um, they just happen to be down in this basement playing music and sort of connecting with whatever that sort of first wellspring of emotion is that drives you to play music in the first place. And so there's a level of relaxation and connectedness to the material that is able to happen in that environment that so often gets lost in in studio situations where you're like, well, fuck, we're in the studio. We better, you know, (laughs) you know, we better, uh, we better, you know, bring the goods. And uh, I mean, it's so often you see a band live and then you, and then you and you hear the album, and it's not that it's bad or that it's, but you're aware of something lost in translation, and and uh, that is something that we really were appreciative about the process with Joe, and that we've is definitely part of our own mantra now is like you know you when we when you make records you you make records and don't forget that you're you know you're doing the thing that you love to do more than anything else in the world. Yeah. Just because, yeah, just because there's a, you know, 64 channel mixer behind the glass that doesn't make it any less of a performance, any less of a a live event. That's right. And I mean, there are a lot of ways, you know, you can, it can, you know, yeah, it can, it, it can turn into a pretty, um, uh, if you're not careful and you're not aware of that, studio environment can turn into a pretty joy uh, killing <laughs> place pretty quickly. So yeah, that's the especially when you're talking about you know per hour charges. Oh yeah, no, you 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 can start calculating uh, when you when you when you blow a take how much money you just cost yourself. <laughs> yeah. And that's not why you got into it. I know it's... that's not why you're there. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about this tour that you're on now. Um, I, I guess we were in the digital mobile green room uh, while right. we talked about this, but you're actually you're on the bus. Um, you have just passed through, or you're passing through Gary, Indiana. Um, you are going to be going to your very first show. Uh, it was in Pennsylvania. Yes, yes, Philadelphia, the World Cafe live thing. Uh, it's gonna be sweet. Uh, it's always fun. The, the, when the, when our album came out, like uh, the World Cafe, like the NPR show, was really good to us. They gave us a you know a segment, uh, and that definitely certainly helped. NPR was really nice nice to us in general with this record, and uh, you know. It's an inter- it's an interesting thing in these times, you know. The the NPR thing is one of those last things where you can, you can count that a certain group of people all across the country are are listening. Um, you know, in some ways, I love how everything is kind of fragmented and it's a bit of a wild west out there. But uh, it, it, it was it was comforting to to just know, like you know, when we a couple of those NPR shows that everybody across the country actually had a chance to hear us for, for a minute. Yeah. 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 It helps you build up a little bit of critical mass, you know, out of the gate there. For sure. For sure. Okay. So you're going to be going. So we, we took a holiday break, you know, we are, our last show you know, was December 18th. And, um, and so then we had a holiday break and then it ran right up into the recording of our, our new album. So we started doing pre-production for the new album on, like January 16th. And then we went into the studio in Chicago um, on January 20th. So this, this has been probably the longest we've been off from the road uh, in the last few years. So we're, we're all itching, itch, 
excited to be back out, sort of our natural state. Uh, what's the name of the new album? Uh, the new album is going to be called Love in Wartime. Love in Wartime. And that's going to, that's scheduled to be released, uh, what, in the fall or the summer? You know, we'll, it, I, we'll see. You know, the, the, the fun part is over. We made the record. Now the, now the business stuff has to take over. Luckily, right. we don't have to do it. But I, I think we'd like to get it out as soon as possible. I'd like to have it out by the summer or the fall uh, if we can make the business thing work to do that. I mean, it's a timely record, you know, where we don't have to belabor the fact that uh, these are, uh, these are relatively uh, dark times for us as a culture. And we really wanted to get some music out there that felt like a bit of a, uh, a cleansing, uh, you know, so it's a little more of a rock and roll record or a rock and soul record. I really influenced some of those classic kind of rock and soul stuff of the, the early seventies, like what's going on by Marvin Gaye, where, it's uh, it's very unifying, socially momentous without being necessarily overtly political. Uh, right. And uh, um, you know, we, we, in, in the in the most basic sense, I wanted to make a feel-good rock and roll record uh, because um, everybody can use uh, a bit of feeling good right now if they yeah. Yeah. get it where they can, you know. Well, it is one. It is it is what it is in that we are at a place where we have no idea what we're going to be looking at in three months, six months, 12 months time. And I cannot yep. remember a more tumultuous time. No, um, you know, there's there's two things at work. I, not to make obvious points, but, you know, I was born right at the end of the Vietnam War, you know, so the difference now with any kind of tumultuousness in the past is we have a constant, constant awareness of everything that is, you know, boiling or curdling or going on anywhere in our country or the world at all times. And it's, a, it's an interesting thing because sometimes it's hard to uh, escape the kind of overwhelming oppressiveness of that, you know, sort of plugged in the way we are. You know, and at the same time, I'm very thankful for, for social media and all that because I do think that it is a democratic tool and it will be used and it is being used. Uh, Boy, yeah. But, uh, but it can be a tough thing kind of spiritually to get out from under uh, at times. Um, so it'll, it'll, you are right. We are, um, it's going to be, uh, well, like the Chinese curse, you know, live an interesting time. <laughs> it's going to be uh it's gonna be quite a ride here in the in, in yeah. the next little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, I think um I think we have to remind ourselves that we've been through interesting times before, not just as a nation, but as a species. I mean exactly. as, a, as a people. You know, it's not like the human race hasn't seen some some massive ups and downs. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna diminish the the challenges that we face uh and it doesn't really matter what side of the aisle people are on uh, i think everybody agrees that we are looking at some challenges that we didn't expect uh even six months or a year ago and i know that there's a lot of people that are just sort of you know just holding their breath um and occasionally as you said you know sort of shutting off from social media i had to take a 48 hour um break from social media uh recently and i can't tell you how good that felt to just get off facebook get off twitter yes, you, yeah. you can tell me i've yeah I've, I've 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 done little little purges myself not enough of them 
Yeah, yeah. Well, so what's uh, I mean, let me pull up your. I should I should tell. This is a good time right now to tell people that you've got a great web uh, website. It's simply birdsofchicago.com, and it's a, it's a great site for a couple of reasons. Number one, your tour dates are right there. They're easy to find. Uh, you're going to be going to uh, World Cafe in Philly, and then you're going to be going to wait. You're shooting all the way up to Salem, Massachusetts, right there, uh, right there. Wow. Yeah, it's a bit of. It's a bit of a. A gap there. <laughs> what the hell happened there? You couldn't find anything in Delaware, huh? Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Salem's a great town. Have you been? Have you been up north much? Uh, up in New, Eng- New England? Uh, yeah, a bit. yeah. We've done uh, this just in the last year. We've started to to do more. Like we played um, the Green River Festival, uh, and we did the Fresh Grass Festival, which was such a great. They both were great, and uh, you know we'll be. The, the, the signature sounds people have been really great and kind of pushing us and we're going to go do a couple of shows for them in Northampton on this run. And, uh, right. So we're actually kind of making a concerted effort to be out East more. Uh, when this band started, uh, our first kind of outside of Chicago itself, our, our first real fan base was in Northern California, just because we, uh, we happened to get booked into a couple of summer festivals out there that are great kind of taste making festivals in in this world of music and uh uh so we sort of all of a sudden had a built built-in fan base so our 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 west coast touring was 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 more active early on but um we're working with the booking agency now that's based in boston concerted efforts and uh so yeah we're 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 trying to be you'll be seeing us uh out east a good deal more it's awesome. Yeah, it's um, it's a strange little pocket. Um, it's the Route Two corridor in Massachusetts, and then it it sort of edges. You're gonna be in, in Club Helsinki, uh, for example, in Hudson, um, right. which is kind of like it's kind of like an extension of the Berkshires. Of course, they might say that we're an extension of the Hudson Valley. Either way, yeah. uh, it's a, it's a very similar demographic. Um, which interestingly, um, I spent some time out in Santa Cruz, California, uh, and I see that you are gonna be performing in. Delton in March. That's right. Yeah, Northern California is kind of a. Uh, I wouldn't say that we're sister cities, but uh, but there's some similarities. There's definitely a super appreciation of not only you know roots music, Americana music, but also just arts in general. Um, yeah. So may- yep. maybe we need to do like a, a, a foreign exchange uh, swap for artists <laughs> uh, between the West Coast, California and Massachusetts. Um, so you're going to be in Salem on. February 2nd at Salem, Massachusetts. I'm going to have to tell my, my buddy um, Molly Pinto Madigan to go see you because she's uh, another uh, roots slash folk musician. She's out in Salem. Um, we've had her on the show a couple of times now. And then you're going to be at the Mercury oh wait, uh, Landmark on Main Street in Port Washington on February 4th. Mercury Lounge in New York on February 8th. Uh, the Parlor Room on February 10th and 11th and that's a they've got so many great people coming through there you're gonna be in, in good company yeah we, yeah we went there in uh in january and just did a one-off where we uh opened for uh darling side out there these guys are from right. that area and uh and we did a thing at the parlor room in the daytime it was sort of a i think a celebration of the signature sound anniversary and then uh and then did the, the show at the was it the opera house there in town yeah. that night? Yeah, we the, just had a yeah. had a great time. So we've been 
looking forward to coming back. It's, we sort of booked it as soon as we did it. So, yeah, can't wait. And then, uh, and then to close out the East Coast tour, you've got uh, Club Helsinki on February 12th. And then right. you are going to be somehow getting all the way out to Solana Beach, California <laughs> by February 25th. That's right. Uh, a couple of us are going to drive out, and then uh, a couple of us are going to fly. That's usually how we do it. We try to keep Ida, our daughter, out of the super long drives when possible. Uh, and... Uh, and yeah, and then we'll get ourselves uh, get ourselves west, and maybe actually get some uh, a little bit of decent weather. All right. Well, yeah. Let's see, I'm not really sure what else to touch on here, except to say that this album, for those folks who have not heard Birds of Chicago yet, I'm very very pleased to be able to sort of turn people on to um, Real Midnight um, and sort of get them pumped. And just about the time when they have uh, burned out their their you know disc drive or their MP3 player, um, then your new album will come out in the summertime and or fall, and they'll get to do it all over again. There you go. So we will see you, hopefully, um, in Club Helsinki uh, in a week or more than that. And we're going to play, uh, we're definitely going to play um, Dim Star of the Palisade. What should, what should take us home? What should, what, uh, give me a song to take us, uh, take us home out of, this, out of this show. So, you, so you are, you're going to play... Didn't start of it, and then to take you home. Uh, yeah. Let's see, maybe. Uh, how about um, you know one that I think Allie just kills on is uh, the third third song on the record, uh, Kinderspell. You know um, that is a that is a wonderful one. The video, and you know, we'll, do, we'll we'll link to the video too because I see you've got that video up on on YouTube uh, for that. So we'll we'll link to that as well, and then we'll play that song. All right, well, JT, I want to say thanks so much for being on Indecent Exposure here at the Greylock Glass, and we will we will catch you on the next album, I guess. Thank you, brothers. I really appreciate you uh, going in depth, and uh, and uh, we'll see you. Uh, hopefully, I'll meet you in uh, at uh, Helsinki. Come up to half. Swallows go. I wanted peace like a river. I wanted peace like a river. And through the blinds, young winter. Through the blinds, young winter. I wanted a quiet room. I wanted a quiet room. Sugar cup and teaspoon. Sugar cup. And spoon, let me go, let me go. God bless me. Scatter my ashes to blue. But up before my time's up, you're gonna see me from a mile up. I'll be burning, baby, burning up.
And that was Kinderspell, off the latest release from Birds of Chicago, Real Midnight, which is available. Uh, and I will provide links uh, to that in the show notes so you can pick up a, a download of that, which you, you definitely should, because it won't be long before their new album, Love in a Time of War, is out. And I know I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to their event. They've got that date uh, february 12th at club helsinki in hudson new york i've got a link to that in the show notes as well so if you need directions that's the place to find it um you know we have and i should say thanks so much to, to jt nero for taking the time out um i'm sure he was pretty tired uh during that conversation uh he was on the bus what else are you gonna do except talk to a podcaster uh, about your your tour right while you're riding in the bus Hey, so I've got this next this next song. I've got a few minutes left, so we can play a couple of tunes. Um, she doesn't have any relation, really, to anything we've done yet. And I've never played her on Indecent Exposure, which is really too bad. I've played her on the, the our live streaming show quite a bit, um, but never on this show. And it's about time. Uh, I guess she sort of fits the mood of this particular episode. Her name is is Chloe Baker, and her act is Bitter's Kiss, which is is her and the band behind her. So Bitter's Kiss uh, has a self-titled debut album, and it is phenomenal. Um, I'll put up a little bit of information about her. She's a young woman from New Jersey with an in, an uncanny understanding of the the guts of what makes life run. So we, and she has a, an incredible ability to, to vocalize that in, in song. So let us go to Bitter's Kiss now. And then after that, after that, we actually have a fairly kind of localish act. Well, not exactly localish. It's from Glens Falls, New York, which is kind of local, I guess. I guess that ties into the, the Hudson Valley area. Um, it is, however, a, a band that has uh, its label here in North Adams, Mass., uh, which is Sounds and Tones Records. And the artist is Joe Mansman and the Midnight Revival Band. I listened to this, this tune that I'm going to play for you, and it is so freaking catchy. It's, uh, it's got this old school, um, this old school warmth, but this, this sort of new roots edge. You're going to love it. It's called Reap and Sow. So uh, we'll listen to that after we hear from Bitter's Kiss with Love Won't Make You Cry here on Indecent Exposure. Love won't shed tears when the morning comes Won't make you wish the sun would hide away
to prove grew up among the willows in my father's shoes been through the mill on the devil's dime now i'm cashing in my chips for this baby of mine yeah
I'm coming around, I'm coming around, I'm coming around. Let it never be said that the mongrel doesn't pick you back up after he's taken you down for a while. Because that's what we do here on Indecent Exposure. We, we mess with your emotions. But all the while, we, we edify and enlighten and entertain. And sometimes we even educate. But I'm not promising anything. Uh, that's our show for the week. Uh, episode number 29. Remember, you can check us out on all your favorite social media junctures, junctions, locations. It's usually Greylock Glass, all one word, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, uh, Medium, all kinds of places. Just look for Greylock Glass, one word, and you'll find us. You can subscribe through iTunes. Uh, you should subscribe through iTunes because that helps us know that, um, well, it helps us know that people are really enjoying. They're digging the tunes we're laying down. So do that too. Um, and, you know, we will spin some more tunes next week. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>